ojos en la noche del recuerdo se destinaron los amores en nuestras vidas sin sueños y alargaronse las huellas en boca de una ilusión a parcero estamos solos bajo el poncho de este cielo y hace frío, mucho frío frío adentro el corazón a parcero te recuerda tu berrancho, tropa y yerba That's a very original opening you have there. <laughs> I know. I Did you think it of that all someone, yourself? All by myself. <laughs> Is that three words or four words? Well, hello, everybody. <laughs> That's three words. What if you said, every well, hello, every body. Body. Yeah. Then it's four words. Well, hello, everybody. Is Welcome to the show. Welcome is, to week. I'm not going to let you talk. I'm just oh going to no. keep going. <laughs> is, 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 uh, is. Uh, welcome to week 44. <laughs> I hope everybody's doing well. I hope you're sitting on a Pilates ball like Chico is, bouncing up and down. Yeah, if you guys hear the sound, oh, it doesn't make a sound. I don't think they can hear it so well. Okay, it doesn't make a sound anymore as much. Well, what have you been doing, Adam? Um... To be honest, I've been incessantly checking the news, uh, but we did practice going? today, which was a lot of fun. Yes. And yesterday. Um, and what else? What we else? We dance. Why do you call it practice, Adam? Oh, dear God. <laughs> <laughs> um why do I call it practice? Because practice makes perfect? I don't know. <laughs> Trick question. Uh, so uh, why do you call it dancing? Because we're dancing and we're not really like uh, analyzing or doing something over and over again to like... I think I'm retired from practice. <laughs> yes. I think COVID is... I think COVID has uh, moved me past. I think from now on, I'm just going to dance forever and no more practicing. I wonder, I'm curious about our guests. High five. I'm curious if our, you know, our guest tonight is what his philosophy is on practicing. And uh, now I want to go back and ask all of our previous guests about practicing. We definitely get into practicing, you know, in the old days 
quite, you know, we, I think the last few years we did really well with practicing, you know, the first few years we were dancing, we didn't practice like every day, like we did the last mm -hmm. several years, more than several years. Um, but then it gets, it gets so like analytical and yeah. In and we would always and... be like, well, it's never really feels like dancing mm -hmm. because, uh, we would get, um, I don't know, too absorbed in our heads with what we were working on. That's like, I think we weren't good at balancing the practice segment and then maybe letting go and dancing for a bit. That was always hard, like yeah, not thinking about what we were working on. At well, that, it's at not that, that easy to separate, segment. you know, when, in, yeah. when you're in the middle of one thought. Yeah. And I think and then... I can sometimes feel like we're working on some stuff when we're dancing right now, but we're not verbalizing it and that it's just comes up during the dance more and more. So it feels more like dancing to me that I'm not like, oh, is he going to lead that? And like, am I doing this right? That's not what I wish I'm the people with. in the chat would stop trying to interrupt. We're having a conversation here, everybody. <laughs> God, chow chow, hey guys, a little heart. April I mean, two cats. Come on, guys, like, can't you hear us? We're talking. You're interrupting we're, us. We're and it's a very deep conversation mm -hmm. about what what's when is it dancing? When is it practice? It feels like it's always both. You know, but it should know. be more playing. I think playing would be more more what I. Uh, well, I think that those were the practices that we always felt more inspired, where we could feel like we're creating and we're working on new stuff, but we're also not feeling so analytical, but we're feeling like we're creating and playing and feeling like we're dancing at the same time. And I also like, um, now that we're, you know, in our little bubbles and quarantining, having more time to force oneself to practice alone. I'm not sure if our listeners practiced alone often before you know all this started but i sure as heck hardly ever did <laughs> um so that's been nice for me is to take some time to work up my yeah. own stuff and well april is asking like if i worry about getting it right and i don't know if you mean getting it right by like doing it with the right technique or uh understanding what adam is proposing right about technique oh yeah sure i i mean i would think about that a lot especially before the pandemic and like when we would practice at least four days of the week but now i am i think during the pandemic i'm less absorbed i know i'm still having moments where i think about it noticing things when I'm not doing it the way I would like to, but I'm not letting that get to me and take me away from the dance and realizing more and more the communication and music has always been a whole lot more of a priority. Um, and I'm trying to enjoy that. But technique is also important to be able to express yourself. So... Mm -hmm. I guess, yeah yeah definitely yeah, it's like, part of the you know the toolkit um yeah i guess the, the only time i think about getting something right is in the in in like the literal sense i guess would be like if i'm in a class and i'm trying to execute what i'm learning 
But in terms of creating something, it's really hard to, unless you have a predetermined goal, it's hard to know what right is in that moment because you're sort of just making it. And then maybe yeah, later you're like, oh, we did that thing before. Let's try to do it again. And then that never happens, of course. Yeah. Because um, you probably can't remember. You're like, oh, that was awesome. What happened? I don't know. <laughs> but I think like I notice if I'm really in the zone of the dancing and the communication and like we're, I think I notice the technique stuff more when I watch the video uh, rather than uh, at the moment of the dance. Um, and sometimes I feel like I'm doing the technique really like how I visualize in my head and then I see it. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm still not doing that the way I would like it. And I'm sitting here staring at a jar of anti-gas medication on your table. You all right, Chico? <laughs> and that's the change for subject. <laughs> well, the only thing I hate more than thinking about technique talking about technique <laughs> <laughs> well i mean uh, that's like one of the most boring conversations about, i think we can like, have on this show. i think that is the most boring conversation we've ever had on this podcast no talking it's about not. technique really well i think what she asked was interesting in a way like our question you... was great but we were just we we're we're now we're talking about something that no i'm i'm thinking more about like what is when is it that i would feel like i worry about getting something right is like when I want to express something a certain way and the way I did it feels like I wasn't able to express it uh, either regardless that's your proposal as an idea or I also my wanna proposal. Thank you for having anti-gas medicine, by the way, <laughs> since I'm sitting right next to you. <laughs> just throw that in there. You need it? <laughs> no, I'm just thanking you for having it because I'm sitting about six and a half inches from you. <laughs> I didn't take it though, Adam. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. Well, you know what I mean? Like I worry more about the right thing if it's if I'm not able to achieve what was in my head or what I felt like I wanted to express. And if I like did it better, that I would have been able to express it the way I wanted. Like that would be the only time I think I would care too much about getting it right. Yeah, but now we're going into the the, we're leaving the present and we're going into the premeditated like if we're dancing the way we were yesterday and you were talking with you know talking about how you enjoyed the being in that moment and just creating together and we don't do that so often sometimes when we're dancing every day and we're teaching and we're working if we start to preoccupy ourselves with oh I'm I mean I'm trying to figure out what exactly you mean like if you're thinking like I'm turning right now and I want to do this no, embellishment. No, no. Oh, I didn't succeed. I didn't achieve it. Then we're totally not in the present anymore, you know? So No, but it happens yet. Like, let's say you so I think fell, when I, let's say, while you were doing something and you're like, oh, yeah, like that well, that's didn't a, express. That's a little different but than that's, technique. I'm, that's gravity. But I'm taking it further. Like, that's still part of technique. Like, why are you falling? Because... I think you that need to work on something to not fall at some with whatever you were trying to achieve at that moment. I, I, I always, it's something I notice more after I've done. You've something. always been way more hung up on technique than me. And mm -hmm. I've appreciated that on and off because mm -hmm. I think I need your influence to help me. Cause obviously I don't to get you on track care that much about it. But, um, and I mean more about aesthetics, like in, in terms of how technique affects your aesthetics, but, but, um, 
I also think that, yeah, if you're not present, if you're thinking about what it is you're going for or you're trying to achieve, it's hard to be present and do that at the same time. No, I agree with that one. But what I'm mentioning is... Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday Hey, Craig, shut up. We're not talking to you. you. <laughs> dear you. We're not telling who this is for. Um, poof, poof. But yes, that's the... Uh, that's the... Um, what I was saying about being present and not thinking about. Absolutely. But I do notice it's not, and I think aesthetics is part of, uh, it's, it's important in terms of like seeing something. And again, it goes into expression. Like if you were able to express what you wanted and I notice it more seeing it later because I'm like, oh, if I hadn't broken my line there, I would have expressed that idea better. Like that's what I'm seeing later on more than just like, I'm oh, curious. I'm still like bending my knee or doing that. To me, it feels like I cut off an idea, for example, and it makes me feel like it, it takes away from the expression. I, I feel like it adds to the expression. I'm curious what our listeners think and what our if future listeners think that will like, it doesn't have to be intentional. That's, that's the point. Like I watch people dancing and performing and sometimes it looks so like rehearsed and perfect and clean. And I appreciate the effort and I appreciate the work, but I also appreciate when somebody sickles their ankle or, lets out a little fart or oh, says something like it's a little more honest. Like sometimes when you over prepare and you over polish and you overwork the honesty, it's almost like I'm, I can't, it's, I don't know if you're hiding from me or if you're afraid to show yourself fully, you know, it's like, I don't want you to I be know. sloppy. I don't right, want you to you come mean. out there and be like, Oh, I don't really work on this. And your bully's hanging out and you didn't zip <laughs> up your pants and you have like one shoe on and you're just like, this is me. I'm just being open. That's a little too much, but but when it's like you and everybody else is exactly the same and it's this homogenized thing and it's all perfect, well, quote unquote, perfect. And then I'm like, thing. okay. That's a different so. sort of aesthetics. That's more of like a cookie cut aesthetic that I understand than you're losing personality. Well, no, but yeah, that, but I'm also just, I... it's not even about aesthetic. At the, I'm just going back to the, what you said about the technique. Like if you wanted to make a line or do something like this and you watch the, video later because you referred to it from the perspective uh -huh. of watching it later like oh when i saw it later i didn't achieve but you didn't know in the did you like in the moment did you realize you there didn't are achieve moments it? that i in the moment i feel after it has happened let's say let's take a very simple idea of like you propose something and it needs to travel through my body mm -hmm. a certain path that in for the movement and instead of going from a to z i went from I skipped A, I started on B, I skipped all the others and I went to Z. Mm -hmm. The movement can feel like it was jaggedy or cut off and it doesn't feel like it followed the natural path of a movement. To me, that I can feel in my body after it happens and that I can feel like it cut off the idea I had or it cut off the momentum that you gave me. Like those things, I think, take away... Uh, yeah, I agree that we want to be I'm deliberate. I'm not talking about like the aesthetic of like, oh, 
it needs to look that way. It's mm -hmm. more about the, the flow of movement. Yeah, I, I agree. I feel like we're talking about being deliberate. Deliberate right? and yeah. And I think like having an intention of expressing something with the music in the way you're taking it through your body. And when I said the line, it's like I might bend my line to express something. I might uh, shoot my line away from my body to express something else in the music. And I think like if those are intentional, it just comes out. I love that Isabella just wrote. I feel like we're I'm in your group class. We're just arguing. Is that is that what we did in our group class? <laughs> we're not arguing. We're discussing. <laughs> I'm about to storm out of the room and Are throw you? a fit. Yes. And um... oh dear. Oh dear. I'll be texting from the lobby if you want to hear from me. Okay. <laughs> yes. Well, on that note, is it time for our guests? <laughs> yeah. I'm so curious what, what our special guest, Tomas Howland, thinks about all of this amazingly intellectual conversation about technique. I know like guys that have been dancing for, I mean, what is technique he, or is dancing he like 70, 80 too. years old? He's been dancing for what, 45, 75 years? <laughs> like those guys don't care about technique anymore because they... Well, I feel like after a certain time, like, I, you might not want to spend more time on technique and just yeah, just work with that's what I was thinking earlier today. Like when am I gonna like I'm wondering if there will be a time where I'm like that's it, no more technique for me. Well, well our guest who is maybe being shy right now or can't figure out how to call us at the moment, has been one of my favorite teachers for many, many years. I'm excited that he's gonna join us. Uh, he's one of the most creative dancers that I've ever watched and studied from. Hello Tomas, how are you? Hi, Adam. Hi, Chico. Hey, man. Hello, How are you? Hello, I, I, I don't want to interrupt you. You were saying all the wonderful <laughs> things about me. You can go on. Can <laughs> well, I, I was saying horrible things, too, but then I thought maybe I was offending you, which I know is not that possible. He's, um, uh, <laughs> he, he's saving that stuff for later, Tomas. He told I, me I, all the stuff. I thought it wasn't out. fair if I started talking trash without you actually being here to defend yourself. So, <laughs> um, But no, seriously, yeah, I, I just remember like, and uh, once again, welcome to Mas Holland calling in from. Are you still at? You're in Montreal right now. You're, you're yes, I base? am. Yeah. Um, no, the one of the first times I worked with you, and you were working with Brigitte, and I'd love to talk with, about you with her more later. We went. I was at the St. Louis uh, Festival in an art gallery, and I just remember you taught us a close embrace, back zakata that blew me, blew me away. He still teaches that. I still try to lead it. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess I didn't teach it so well, right? <laughs> Actually, you did a great class. I remember this class more than anything. Like you did this class about a doorbell. I don't know if you remember this. Do you remember this? Uh, no, you I wasn't on that one. You weren't. You yeah. weren't there, Chica. I met him in an arbor when he was teaching, and I was uh, just blown away like i think it was one of the first influences for me as like meeting a teacher where i was like oh my god i want to take all the lessons well i want to tell the story really quick and, and a few more but um uh, we're the, the st louis missouri festival 
And you were doing this thing about a doorbell, like ding dong, ding dong. It was like the whole class was like this weird game. And what I thought was brilliant about it was that you designed it in such a way that we didn't realize until we were actually leading it what it was you were teaching us to do. Mm-hmm. because you went about it in such a way you weren't like okay everybody we're gonna do a back we're gonna do a close embrace back cicada mm-hmm. it was like i don't know it's just everything was going on and all these playful things and then at the very end you're like oh and if you just do this one more thing with the doorbell this happens and it actually worked <laughs> and i was like whoa this is so cool yeah it was really opened my eyes to you know very different and uh interesting ways to approach you know offering material to students, you know, it's really cool. Yeah, that's good to hear. Yes, that sounds like one of my classes. <laughs> uh, uh, like a partner of mine would say, uh, like people don't really know what what is going on uh, during the class, but especially after class, they leave and they still don't know what happened in class. <laughs> but it seems that at least it sets good memories. <laughs> so I'm curious, um, before we ask you about, you know, your upbringing as a tango dancer, um, I'm curious where you learned how to, you know, like what got you to teach in that vein, in that style, you know, where did you get those ideas from? Uh, well, the ideas came from different places. <clears throat> um, I have a background in academics. I went to college uh, and the fact that I went to school and I studied a few things, it got me some background in education and 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 how to teach and what teaching is and being a student and being a teacher. Mm. And so I had some of that going on. But also to me, it was very important to, to give my students in class as close as possible a similar experience to the experience that I had while learning from my teachers. So the academic model that we now we use in North America, right? That there's a class and there's a time, there's a start, there's a content, there's an exercise, there's an example, there's a time for, for practice and so on. It didn't exist yet. So I, I was very excited about uh, giving my students some kind of uh, overall experience that was not so linear. This is what you're supposed to do. Because when people get that idea that they have to reproduce a movement that I'm going to show as if tango were a choreography, uh, they're missing the whole thing. So right. the only way to do that is to learn how to trick them, but in a friendly way, because nobody likes to be tricked. So if the student <laughs> is showing up in class and feels that I'm tricking them and not really teaching them anything, they'll be they'll be pissed. Right, right, they, right, right. They'll be they'll be disappointed and and they feel that I'm having fun with them. So they need to feel that. Uh, some process is going on, they are learning something, and they need to trust that at the end they'll come up with something else at the end. I always and, got the uh, impression yeah. that your teaching was almost a reflection of of your dancing in the sense that you're just as creative and almost improvisational in both. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I always really enjoyed that because when I watch you mm-hmm. dance and, you know, performing, obviously, it's, I'm sure even even though you've been dancing a long time, it's still not quite maybe how you would social dance. And I'm, I'm curious yeah. to ask you about that too, but, but I still see a lot of spontaneity and creativity and just like weird thing. I'm like watching you perform. And most of the people I've, 
the person I've seen you dance with the most is Brigitte. But I would watch you and just be like, I don't really understand at all what the fuck I'm looking at. <laughs> well, when I dance with him, I'm like, I have no idea what the hell is going on, but I'm I'm doing stuff like I never do before. <laughs> I don't know I'm doing it, but I'm doing it. Oh, this is so much fun. I hope this is being recorded. Yeah, yeah. No, it is. But, yeah, um, that's the plan. Yeah. Well, um, you're you're like a so somebody once compared me to Dennis the Menace, and I'm not sure if you're familiar with this character from American culture, but to me, you're kind of like a, a a menace like this because <laughs> you've you've over the years you've you've said you and I have had this little bit of a, an interesting relationship, and <laughs> one time Chico and I were about to perform somewhere. <laughs> and you're like, oh, let me, let me, let me take her out and warm her up for you. And after, yeah, and you were like really professional about it. You um, afterwards, you Chico walked off the floor like like a deer in headlights, and you you came over and you walked by me and very subtly you said, uh, "Good luck, buddy." <laughs> <laughs> and we gave one of the worst performances. <laughs> oh you, you totally fucked us. <laughs> and I and a lot of our listeners have heard me tell this story before, so now they're oh actually hearing it me speak to the guy who did it to us. <laughs> exactly. Because oh, that's so awful. And, and that's people so were awful. like, "Oh, I have more stories that are awful about you." And people are like, "This guy is your teacher. He's such a piece of shit." And I'm like, "I don't know. I st I still kind of get. I I respect this somehow." I love him. <laughs> well, the only thing that I could that I could say is that I was not trying to harm you. <laughs> exactly. I say from that, I'm sorry. What can I say? Right. No, it's <laughs> like hilarious. I remember. I, it I, was hilarious, man. I, I, I. Yeah. No, it was always like you'd always have this big smile, even if you were saying something to us that wasn't like the time that we came off the floor and Adam was like so excited. They're like, well, yeah, I think finally we got a performance. Like that felt good. And you just looked You're at like, do you think you matter? I'm <laughs> 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 yeah, just kind of like, uh, <laughs> I guess I don't. <laughs> what were you Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> But like you would teach yeah. us stuff with just like one sentence <laughs> and a big smile on your face, like moments like these. Mm -hmm. uh, the first time we danced at Empire Dance, mm -hmm. I, at the end of the dance, you like you looked at me and you're like, "You're very stubborn, aren't you?" Because <laughs> I had no like torsion in my body and I, I just moved like a block. And it's impossible oh God, to dance so with awful. you if you don't allow your body to like, you know, intertwine. Huh? You did it. You did say like you're stubborn, aren't you? And you just laughed, and we both laughed. Oh, and no, I just like, laughed. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, 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 it's yeah. Typical me. Yeah, but I, yeah. I knew like what you meant, and I'm like, I gotta work on my torsion. <laughs> like I, I'm like, because I can I feel to, that. I need to start yoga, definitely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I will say yeah, this. Well, yeah, I, I could tell you that all my teachers gave me a very hard time, so I've been always trying to. You're. Emulate. You also There's saw. Giving people Sorry. as as. It's a hard time as possible. Yeah. 
I love that though. It well, was always very honest. Yeah, I, but here's the thing. We danced a couple years after the Montreal performance that you were a huge fan of. We danced in DC <laughs> and uh-huh. we did a waltz. And at the end of the song, you came over and you just looked at me and you, you kind of like, you know, you gave me like a thumbs up and you were just nodded like you know, a lot of positivity. And, and I was like, well, this guy's not going to give me any bullshit. Like <laughs> if he liked it, I know he liked it. Like everybody else in the room is like, hey, nice job. Well, it was really great. And I'm like, I don't fucking trust any of you. Anybody. But I trust that guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I remember that dance. I remember that dance. You see, you're right. Yeah. yeah. I enjoy, I do enjoy walls very much. Yeah, that was super fun. So, um, let's play our theme song. Yeah, your your segment hasn't even started yet, (laughs) but I'm gonna play your welcoming your theme song or the theme song, and then we'll get ready. Five questions. Five questions. Five questions. Five questions. So, um, once again... Do you recognize that man that sang five questions in that song? That's the first song. Uh, First question. I know this this song. Uh, Do you know Beth Johnson from New York? I'm wondering. Hmm. Everybody knows Beth Johnson. (laughs) But Tomas has not been here very much. No, no, don't worry about it. I was just curious there... if, am I failing? I'm, am I failing? No, right? it's good. It's like, <laughs> yes, someone doesn't know about this. Is, wait, this is, is this kind of a setup. Are you yeah. getting Yeah, the, and we're going to take you down. We are hey, coming this for is you, a show buddy. Responsibility. So, all the terrible dances we had with each other, Chico, are uh, both responsibility. I cannot be punished this badly. We had amazing uh, we're, dances. We're not accepting that as an answer. And uh, we're here. We are recording this, and we're recording your demise, sir. <laughs> I would dance with you in a heartbeat anytime. I love dancing with you. So I would love to hear. You gave one of the best beginner classes, amongst other great classes. You gave a beginner class, I think, in Baltimore. In the whole class, you spent just talking about how women control the room at the Milongas if they know how to play the game and you said it, you didn't say it exactly like that, but you were just mm-hmm. like, don't, you know, if you want to accept a cup of or if you want to control the situation. And obviously in our culture and at least in the United States, we don't have this as much as in Buenos Aires, but I thought it was a very interesting way to give the power back to the women. And um, you also mentioned, however, in that class, how, you know, you studied, from several different teachers when you were a younger dancer and that at the time was not normal like it is today. So when you went out dancing, you had to hide your styles. If you saw like one of your teachers at the Milonga, you had to dance his way if, if it, just to be, you know, you didn't want to get called out. Right. And I was hoping you could elaborate mm-hmm. more on this and tell us what it was like to, to study and who you studied with back in the, in the day. Exactly. Yes. Yes. I realized very quickly that they didn't like uh, to teach you or to share anything with you if they thought you were interested in somebody else so especially the older dancers when you have to think that this is a time when when tango is not a business it's, it's, it's a different era there's not tango schools there's not tango shows there's nothing going on so mm. for these people to teach you they really needed to bring you into the family kind of thing 
That's so interesting. So they wow. they didn't care if you you know if if they didn't like you didn't like you. It was not a big deal. There was not money involved mm-hmm. or a commitment or a responsibility of any kind between you and this teacher or dancer that is going to share something with you. So if they saw you were not that interested, uh, they would stop paying attention to you. In a way, if you were dancing like somebody else, mm. it would be an offense. And they could tell, right? Like if now we can tell, oh, this guy have learned with so-and-so or that guy or that lady wants to look like so-and-so. If we can tell that, imagine them after dancing for 50, 60 yeah. years. So they would be really offended. And sometimes they will, they, they will make it clear and tell you, hey, how, how has it been going with your left hand? Or what's going on with your right shoulder? <laughs> so, yeah, you st- if, if, if I was uh, really uncomfortable, I would stop dancing. So I would sit down and I would make sure that this person was not in the room anymore. And mm. to hide any, any and, you know, I, I didn't know to what point they could tell. Interesting. Right? And if I was learning with this person or that person, uh, so yeah, I was hiding my, did, my, my stuff. Yeah. Did you choose to move from one teacher to the next because you were just overall curious to learn as much as possible or you got to a point with one where you're like, okay, I've kind of got this guy's stuff and I want to move on. And Or you saw what they were doing and you really wanted that and that. Like yeah, I'm, 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 I'm a person that is super addicted to learning. I'm obsessed with learning new stuff all the time. And going to one person was not enough. Also, going to take classes with uh, some of these people, like Pepito Bechaneda, he had uh, one or two evenings a week that he could teach or he would have a practice. So you, mm-hmm. you couldn't go and, and learn every day. So mm-hmm. I didn't want to wait a whole week to see if I could figured out what oh, this yeah. guy was yeah. doing when we didn't have video cameras. So I was desperate to learn more at any cost. So in class, somebody is, you know, in class or in practical, like somebody will come and say like, oh, I'm, on Thursday, I'm, I'm going to this other thing. You should come. And uh, you would go and sometimes you would come back and other times you wouldn't come back. So then I wanted to make sure that I, would, I could go to a time of class like every day hmm. with a different teacher. Uh, and SUNY became a, a puzzle, a strategy. Like, <laughs> like the teacher, you know, was really good, but they will only make you walk. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it was hard and humiliating and boring like hell and obscure and, you know, irritating. So you also wanted to do steps, right? Mm-hmm. But you would go to this other teacher that would do only steps and, and no explanation, just step, do this, do this, do this, do this. So it was a release. On Fridays, I would go to this other teacher and just do steps and, and you know, really poorly, obviously, but you <laughs> would get that fix done and so on. You will make a selection of, of your week and how you wanted to learn. Yeah. May I ask around which years these was? This, this is... Yeah, what, was, uh, what, what is the scene like in Buenos Aires when you're doing all this stuff? This is 1991 to 95, I would say, okay. because Pepito dies in 95. Mm-hmm. And, and he was a mega star as a mm. teacher and as a dancer. So to me, that's a, that's a breaking point, at least in, in my learning time, because many of what I would call the middle generation became more important. 
so I would say those early years, 1995, I was doing all that bouncing around. And, and in 95, I started helping some of my teachers and assisting in classes. So I would say those first years, yeah. I see. And who were the your main influences during the bouncing around? Uh, I always say that my main teacher was Graciela Gonzalez. Hmm, I was wondering. Um, yeah, but she was not my first teacher. Uh, my first teacher actually was a lady who passed away hmm. uh, from uh, Uruguay. And then I, she, she upgraded me to Rodolfo Dinsel, Rodolfo y Gloria Dinsel. Mm-hmm. And they were from Tango Argentino. You might know, be familiar with them. They had this little studio that you dance in, like in an apartment, which tiny place. But we've never uh, worked with them, but I've, some I've of our teachers, of, of course, yes. obviously have. Yeah, yeah that was in the early nineties that I met them, and that's where. Uh, I met some of the people showing up there, started to pass me some secrets and tell me, why don't you come and check out this other stuff? <laughs> that's when I, I, my scene expanded and I met uh, Graciela and Graciela pointed me to other teachers. So she was good. Uh, you would go to her class on Tuesdays, one class a week, and that was it. And she would tell, oh, you should check this person out and that person out, and Pepito de Chaneda, and Pupi, mm-hmm. and mm. Jose. And Gustavo Naveira, when he was only not teaching classes, he was he was uh, running a practica on Fridays. So I would go to this practica on Friday in Cochabamba, where he, he wouldn't teach. He would just stop the class at one moment and and amuse everybody. He would do like, like the Naveira show, you know, he starts talking and people like drool, mm-hmm. right? Will make like show a little step and make a little story and, and give an idea. And then mm-hmm. we spend the rest of the time, uh, or talking with him, or dancing with him, or, or whatever. Yeah. Do you have a theory of like what contributed to this snowball of tango at this time? There was not a lot of milongas happening. There was not a huge community. There was not an international community at all. Um, do you have any any insights or theories as to like what? what was the spark that got this rolling at this moment in history? And, and, you know, I'm so curious if you have any thoughts on that. I think that at the international level is what everybody else say, or must say, which are the shows. The time okay. the show was huge <clears throat> and it was yeah. huge for, for, for us too, Argentines, you know, mm-hmm. uh, we think that we are better than everybody else, but we keep an eye on everybody else. Mm. So I, I remember being at the beach with my family and uh, and getting like what you would call here the people's magazine, like the magazine that everybody would have at the beach and, and your okay, mom yeah. would have and go over right. and look at stuff. On the cover, there's these Argentines on Broadway. Huh. Oh, and, okay. And, wow. and then we go like, what? What is this old people on Broadway? What is this? And, you know, everybody's talking about it and going like, yeah, like on Broadway, people are crazy about uh, uh, tango and they mm. tour europe and now they're on broadway you know like imagine how stupid americans are and everybody's laughing ha 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 we sold american our junk you know? <laughs> <laughs> yes it's like you know look they bought our old piece of furniture that we don't care about so i'm going like hmm that's interesting right well this is more than just like selling junk 
So nobody expected that in Argentina, nobody thought about that, while in America, uh, the tango was really, really interested, interesting, and in Europe too. So it was not what most people thought tango, most Argentines thought tango was, and Americans were not what we thought they were either. Mm. Uh, there was something much bigger than that, that, that no one could really see coming. And then I give credit to the first uh, um, Europeans that went to Argentina and wanted to learn the real thing, like Eric Jorison, Brigitte Winkler. Mm-hmm. Uh, they went to Argentina and said, we don't want to learn what we saw on stage. We want to learn what you do on the dance floor. Mm-hmm. And they would say like, what? But that's like, look, it's nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We want to do what you do on the dance floor. <laughs> and they went back to Europe and started from scratch, you know. Um, yeah. Amazing. And so, Yeah, go ahead, Chico. No, I was just uh, curious when you were saying, like, we sold them our junk and uh, the old furniture that you don't use anymore. Is that called cachivache? Is that what cachivache is? Uh, it could be. Yeah, like cachivache is something like, um, yeah, like an old piece of something that you have at home. Yeah, yeah. Or it could be something very untidy. I see. Uh, so you come and you say, oh, look, I just did this this uh, little thing for you. I assemble these things and I'm going to gift you this. And do you think I could make many of this and sell it? I go, no, it's un cachivache. Don't, don't, no, don't, don't. Uh, I don't want to offend you, you know, but. That's okay, sorry. Like yeah, that. I had, yeah, I had to go there because I always, I've never really, when we're there, heard the word used, uh, mm. and I was wondering if that would be the it's whatever, used. like yeah. whatever. So, yeah. Yeah. so the, the so what helped set it off was the romantic idea that this could take you to another place. This could make you free in a way, like <laughs> not just you, but anybody who who was doing it. So everybody starts practicing more. They're like, oh, you know, we're gonna we're gonna meet up and we're gonna do this together, and maybe in a in a far off land, I'll, I'll, I'll get lucky and get hired to teach somewhere and, and, uh, travel the world. Right. That, that's no, the... that, that, that happened way slower. No, I know, I know, I know. But dancing. that's sort of what got the, the fire that, lit, right. The, the hope no, or the idea. No, no. Uh, that is what started in the world. And I think that in Argentina was really underground. And when the first foreigners came to Argentina to learn from the Milongueros, it was still very underground. Hmm. And hmm. nobody saw, at least in my time, nobody saw the, the, the explosion coming and the business coming. Hmm. Uh, so even me, for many years, it never crossed my mind that you could make money with that. We didn't hmm. make money. Uh, you know, nobody charged a lot of money. It started really slowly with the tours, the teachers of us that we started traveling and tell us, oh, I've been in Europe, hear this. What? <laughs> you know? Uh, it's, it started slowly. I think that um, when I started dancing, I started dancing because I was curious, not because the Americans were dancing it or the Europeans were dancing it. That I was referring to the general public. The general public. I see. Oh, okay. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, what is yeah. this wacky dancing? Mm-hmm. And the Argentines were like, hmm, the Europeans and Americans are interested in this? And these people are, okay, let's check it out. So that was a very slow process. That's 83, 85. Mm-hmm. You know, and I started dancing in '90, and my colleagues, many of them, started dancing about that time. And I don't think that 
at least my friends thought about the business at all, that, mm-hmm. that we could travel or be in Tango Argentina. We were not like show dancers. We were just like a regular, a regular person dancing for fun or for curiosity. There was nobody in the Milongas were empty. It was... I just like, there's so much in my head that I want to ask, but I'll go along since we're discussing those times. How was the structure of the Milongas? Like in terms of like tandas or live music or cortinas, no cortinas, where people sat down like... Yeah, yeah, I'm not that that old. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, uh, When I started dancing, you danced with me. You know, I was not trembling that bad. Uh, I didn't have good balance, but it's not fair that you're putting me on the spot right now. No, when I started dancing, we had like what you have now, a sound system with a a tape recorder back then. But you still had like four song tandas and stuff, because we this has been coming up a lot in our show on and off, like um, where we all started doing this. Uh, the way the music is played. Even we had a show with DJs last week, like um, four song tandas versus like two tango sets and then a waltz and then a two tango set and a milonga, exactly. that sort of exactly. format. This and that, that was That's there when you started. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So 1990, I was shy for a few years. So let's say I started going down into the milongas in 92. It was the structure we use now. Depending on the DJs, they will do like five songs mm-hmm. uh, or four, but it was be the classic Milonga, Tango Tango, Waltz, Tango Tango, and so on. Yeah. I see. Yeah. Cool. Like well, thanks for coming, out? Tomas. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. Okay, sorry. <laughs> that was really I have so many uh, more maybe, Well, in my time, actually, we didn't use recorders. There were people singing with live music. That's more interesting, right? Mm-hmm. No, that's not the true story. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, how was the Kalo concert you went to? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I did not. I did not. So when do you think you started so, feeling like you were creating your dance? So you were like going, hopping around from a teacher to a teacher, but like you have a very unique dance for me. From the beginning, Chico, from the beginning, it was a mess. That's brilliant. No, it's not a mess. No, it was a mess, he said. It was a mess. It was total chaos when we started. There was no structure. There was no eight count. It was a disaster. So we we were creative because there was no structure. So mm-hmm. now the the what they call you know with capital and stand up sorry now I can sit down the structure didn't exist that that is an invention from a certain teacher mm-hmm. uh, that didn't exist in tango and tango is not designed to have a structure that's mm-hmm. like made up uh, after tango becoming a product but tango never so, had a structure. So what do you think about this like this whole like pedagogy now that every teacher teaches the same rules and the same structure and now the dance has become pretty homogenized around the world exactly. um, compared exactly. to what you yeah. went through and and how 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 do you what yeah. how do you feel, feel about this yeah. like um is it good for tango because it can be more accessible to people I think that it is what it is, you know, we don't have well, to, yeah. we, we cannot change it and we have to embrace it as professionals of Argentine Tango 
it is what it is. It's part of what I call the ballroom ballroomification of Argentine tango. Argentine mm-hmm. tango was an obscure lost dance that somebody found, and just like salsa, is becoming ballroom. We might not see it, but in a few years, it would be like ballroom with books and and structures and 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 very qualified air quotes people explaining everybody else what tango really is is getting but have they not always done that have they not always had their opinions of what tango always is yeah but it was incredibly rustic there was not a structure (laughs) and it was was more organic your opinions on cooking with your yeah it was like your granddad with a bottle of whiskey like hey you know what we used to do (laughs) <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, what you have to do is really now. take two steps back and like really hop forward, and then you put some salt. It's like, I mean, okay. that does still exist if you go to like certain communities around the world where there's like few people there. That, I mean, maybe they're the ones yeah. keeping tango, the real tango alive. It's like those five guys that have no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> I exactly. think like... exactly. that. That is what it was. It was a bunch of people that didn't know what they were talking about, but some people were geniuses and they were brilliant. How is how is that possible? I'm so curious about how this certain you know this dance has like you you brought up Graciela Gonzalez and in her connection to the roots of tango and and you just said it like there there's all these people that have no idea what they're talking about but then there's a few geniuses and and everybody refers back to those few people. It's like mm-hmm. oh I do the the Mingo step I do the you know the Graciela yeah. step I do the Poopy step and it's like what 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 is this like how i don't i don't get where they they well they... but that's actually the birth of what now we call the structure the people yeah. who develop the structure what a teacher mm-hmm. would call the structure now is uh, people that wanted to do better the traditional tango it was not people that wanted to change tango hmm. so you can ask them this is what like they say we wanted to to understand what you were doing so we could actually succeed at doing it because we were <laughs> so bad Hmm. We were so terrible that we sat, they sat, and they said, like, we need to find the language. We no, one was a student of uh, law, and the other was a student of in- engineering. So an engineer and a lawyer met, and what do you get? A structure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And, and they yeah. say, we just want to do better what we used to do. And by accident, they thought, wait a minute, this could be so much more than what we started uh, we started off, right? And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so that's 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 what that's what's happening with tango now. I find that tango now is a lot less interesting. So if I were a beginner now, I would never take on tango. I would never dance tango. I would never mm-hmm. stay in a milonga. But me, and and I'm not a beginner, so like who cares? But, uh, <laughs> and the old times, I'm not here anymore. It's like sure, it doesn't really matter anymore, you know. Yeah, it's interesting. Like there is the advantage of more people being able to get into it faster. Like this is one challenge of tango compared to like swing and blues and salsa in a way. Like I think you can get on the social dance floor much faster. Exactly. And with tango, it takes a lot more. And that this structure sort of allows the beginners to get out there sooner. So there is an advantage to it. But unfortunately, like over the years, and also I think it's not just teaching, but the fact that there is video is also contributing to the fact that people are copying versus like taking ideas and making it theirs. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah I mean, you right. mentioned how in your early days, like you were terrified to look like anybody else except for perhaps the one teacher that happened to be in front of you that night at the Milonga. But now, it's a, it's like a label. It's like, oh, you're you're cool. You look like so and so. Oh, you're cool. Mm-hmm. You look like so and so. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. You look. You dance just like Noelia, or you dance. You know, it's mm-hmm. like. And uh, and a lot of dancers that I know from that started in the '90s, like they're. But just imagine people that started uh, later than the '90s. They don't imagine understand if you this, walk but... into a party and ten minutes later I walk in dressed like you or trying to look like you. <laughs> people go like, "Who is this? Who invited this?" Oh, your people are over there. That's your corner. It's not even funny. This guy. Is That's like, a great analogy. Problem. He has no friends and wants to look like Adam because he's the owner of the house and maybe he'll get. <laughs> like a free drink or something it's like it's sad right yeah no i was gonna so say like all the right? everybody i know who started dancing in the 90s all shares the same philosophy of you as as, as you if like no we want to we want to dance properly we want to dance tango but we want to dance our own way you know we don't want to dance the way everybody else or the one guy or the one woman has fashioned it to look with the, this so. hand yeah. posture or yeah, this step yeah. or this thing and that was and, made very clear to us you know it was made very very clear and like we we had this conversation uh, with Adam many times as we're training and you know learning and we've always also studied with so many different teachers and different styles that we were like well if we invested all the time that we've invested so far into one style only of tango we would have been in a much better place uh, maybe like the way our dance looked and this and that, mm-hmm. but we chose to go about it in all possible styles and like mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. find our own personality within that. And it's definitely a longer journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and to also like study with various teachers and like even at the start, the very start, we had two teachers and I mm-hmm. thought I'm going to lose my mind because they taught completely different ideas and completely different way of using your body and i was like Mm -hmm. okay how do you switch between the two so like Mm -hmm. you have to find a way where like you could be you regardless which style you danced Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. but yeah it it was like a brain fuck (laughs) yeah it was it was for all of us for sure um, but like also like going back to how you were saying they were teaching at the time in terms of like they weren't really breaking stuff down they were showing you what they were doing and some made me made you walk for hours and some just showed you patterns and like you'd have to figure it out that's not the how you teach uh you have a really brilliant way of breaking stuff down but not feeding it Mm-hmm. by spoon to your students mm-hmm. and you have a way of really making people think through very creative exercises like adam was saying at the beginning mm-hmm. to, to get to the end result like i know he asked you this but like how did you get there as a teacher uh well like first like thank you <laughs> I, I i i think very highly of my uh, students i don't underestimate them so when i see a teacher or i saw teachers uh, spoon feed or lecture or preaching class i cringe to a point that you cannot imagine it's very very hard to watch mm-hmm. uh, because we're all grown-ups trying to do what the other is doing with the other you know i'm not going like 
I don't, I wouldn't go to your class to learn from you. I actually want to dance with you. So mm -hmm. why are you treating me li like a person that like doesn't speak English, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so it, it was, I respect my students. So I treat them as adults. So I, I don't, uh, I manage my classroom like that. Uh, and I also try to um, follow the same principles in the way that dancing like anybody else was an offense to tango or to my teachers. Teaching like anybody else was also not the way to go. Hmm, I see. And teaching any standards is not tango from my background. So anything that will tell you this is a rule and that's a rule. There's this and there's that. And if you do this, it's right. And if you do this, it's wrong. Mm -hmm. I'm you tango. I'm tricking you. When somebody tells you that, it's not true. It's not true. So I cannot do that. So I'm keeping the same standard of how I want to dance to how I want to teach. And as I said before, I have a, a background in, in anthropology, architecture, and philosophy. And I have a degree um, from the University of Cambridge in English. So mm -hmm. I have quite an academic background, so I read a lot and I'm fascinated Crazy. by the topic of learning. And uh, I traveled a lot before teaching tango through the, through the United States, Canada, and Europe. And it fascinates me. I really like the topic of how people can learn, teach, and communicate. So, so it went really slowly. Right? Mm -hmm. So if you find some of my first students, probably they were not so impressed with my skills. <laughs> <laughs> I think that goes for it all took of time, you know. It took time, <laughs> it took time to, to develop, right? Yeah, like your. your but you meant, now that you mentioned it, I I will say, like looking back, I don't think I've ever heard you say like, "Oh no, that's not." Yeah. That's not tango, or that's not how you do that, or you're much more open about. And that's, it's not to say you don't have a goal for your students and you don't direct the class, um, but. Yeah, it's just not so. Yeah, like, that, that, not that was so, not like, in my language. That's not in my language. Yeah. yeah. Like one of your classes that I took, that I, I mean, all of your classes, and I'm not kidding, all of your classes that I took was always mind opening for mm -hmm. me. And I always had a fantastic time. Your sense of humor always, like, also kept the class super light as a feel, which I really find is good in a teaching environment. Mm -hmm. um, oh, I have but... a story about that. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I no, no, go for it. Your... I'll, I'll, I'll remember <laughs> my thing. Yeah. You reminded me, you say humor in classes. Uh, I was very serious. I, you know, I was an academic, so it was very, very serious. And it was still a tango dancer. So I was a nerd hiding in a milonga, right? <laughs> I'm in my 20s, and I'm an intellectual that goes to college and has to wake up early. And... Uh, so when I was teaching in the first years, I was super serious. And it was very, I mean, I'm very devotional. So respecting my teachers, as my teacher, I'm just assisting and helping here, blah, blah, blah. So one day, uh, a student came and told me, you know, the, in, you know that you're really, really funny, right? They were like, what do you mean? And this happened in Colorado years ago. Uh, and I said, like, what do you mean? Yes, that's your gift. You're a very funny person. And at the beginning, I was so offended. You know, I go like, not my ability to, you know, to explain <laughs> the staff, and not my deep understanding of the body dynamics and the human body. <laughs> uh, you know, you're kind of offended. You go like, funny? What the heck? And then, and then it was huge. It changed my life. It changed my life. And we're like, huh. 
that's that's what I do the best. I can be funny. <laughs> uh, that's yeah, amazing. I, I can teach a class and make people fun. So I, I should structure all my all my class based on good humor, which doesn't mean like I can tell a joke and people laugh. Like people have a good time and people can laugh at their own uh, uh, struggles. And I laugh at my own struggle teaching and, and trying to speak English. And all well, you know. humanize it. I mean, that's I I've I gravitate towards teachers like you not only because you're brilliant teacher with the information but who like i remember getting up and going to your classes at festivals in the mornings or in the early afternoons and you and i walk in and everybody walks in and they just feel comfortable they feel like a part of something they don't feel like mm -hmm. okay so and so is going to tell me how to like do a cicada correctly and and mm -hmm. everybody's here because this guy's so cool no it's like we're here a because you're brilliant teacher and, and you know it's not just because you're a nice guy which you're kind of not but um it's because like you know and i and oh, i i don't want to compare myself to you too much but like i feel like i have a similar characteristic and like it just naturally it's not like i emulate that but like i i'm very good at like teaching and making people feel comfortable but yet insulting them yeah. at the same time <laughs> yeah 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 yeah, it, it, it's like, hard to earn that. It's, it's very hard to earn that, but yeah, uh, yeah. you know. And, and sure I just remember walking into in your process. Yeah, I remember walking into the classes with you in the in the mornings and in the daytimes, and just feeling like I didn't just come here to to learn tango. I came here because this is going to be really fun. Like I just yeah. knew it was going to be fun. Yeah. You know? Well, also like I feel in those sort of classes, and also when like the information is not just about a certain pattern or movement then that information sticks with you forever mm -hmm. like um, that's what i was hoping yes i hope that people leave class with that because uh, the techniques especially now is so much easier to 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 get the techniques and, and and the steps yeah. anywhere so if people get a little bit of flavor of <clears throat> what dancing tango is like which is mm -hmm. yeah. hanging out with people and having a good time yeah. It's much better than any technicality that I could yeah. At one point, I have to drill down and have at least like five minutes of something hyper-technical that people are going to go, whoa, what was that? Right. <laughs> so nobody's offended, you know? But yeah. they need to live with the experience of having done tango, not having been explained something. Yeah. That's not tango, you know? That's well, I was about to, yeah. I know you want to move it to one more topic, but yeah, I... um wanted to mention the class that I was going to mention within all the classes I took. I really, really uh, appreciated this one that you did about like, first you talked about how people taught in the old times, like, and even before your time, I think that how this dance, like, I think you talked about the history of the dance, where it came from, how it changed the, of the embrace. And then like how there was no classes, like, so people learn the dance by dancing with each other. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, exactly. and the, in that class, I remember was it was very empowering because what you made us do was really like turn on the antenna on leaders and followers, everybody mm. equally as strong, that you're mm. always listening to one another mm. and that everybody has the right or means to say something and offer idea 
not to necessarily change an idea or anything like that, but to be able to teach something about maybe what they like or what they want at that mm -hmm. moment to the other person. Mm -hmm. And I thought like that class for me was one of the best classes I ever mm -hmm. took um, because one, it gave, uh, like I said, it empowered you that and that's well, a, either role you're but that's also you're at a, a time when okay the teachers to... aren't talking about that kind of stuff in classes especially mm -hmm. exactly you know, exactly like, and here you are uh, an authority you're from buenos aires you're from argentina and you're in you're saying like this is what and you just said this before in your last point and i'm sorry to cut you off chico but it, it's like you're talking about what is the experience really like at the milonga and and how do i make this allow this class to facilitate that 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 embody that feeling and and then the students to feel that way when they come in here. And then what Chico just talks mm -hmm. about it, what she experienced mm -hmm. in that moment. And, and I go back to going back to my point about, you know, you did that one beginner class about, okay, ladies, this is how you run the milonga. You know, like, yeah. it wasn't like, Oh, we're going to work on the six count basic. It was like, and it wasn't even the, it wasn't, yeah. And I think mm -hmm. like at the end, like, it's like, yeah, it's really made communication stronger, but like the even deeper level, what it introduced was respect mm. because mm. like if you uh, accept the idea that you can learn anything from any partner you dance with, mm. like if you're open to listening that way, instead of like, all right, I know better than her. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm the one running this game sort of a thing, uh, regardless leader as a follower that you're there to learn. So in every dance, you're learning and adapting and like I think that and that mm -hmm. brings respect to not just because someone is a teacher just because someone else like everyone is there everyone is a dancer and everyone is equal and I think that was like I don't know mm -hmm. bottom line the depth of that class for me mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and you're like, I didn't intend that at all. <laughs> like, Whoa! Did I do that? Do all of I'm that. a really, I'm a genius, man. <laughs> it was good. <laughs> um, I want to before we finish up because we are, our next guest is tuning her guitar, waiting, and I'm so excited. But um, you know, I met you with Brigitte through. Not through, but I guess through Brigitta. Yeah, time. because I went to see, I mean, I heard about Brigitta through Tom, uh, Robin, and then I met, mm -hmm. you know, so I met her, and then I think somebody, she might have reached out because she's so good at that. And be like, Adam, come to St. Louis. I'm working with Tomas, this guy Tomas. You'll love him. Um, <laughs> and she told me a story that you wanted to work with her. You asked, you reached out to partner with her, and I hope I'm not, you know, giving away any secrets, but like, and uh, she flat out said no. <laughs> You, you, I don't know if this is Adam valid. doesn't have a great memory, by the way. So I, you can I have correct a pretty him good memory. <laughs> she said, well, I, I've I, got I, him plenty of no's. It's not that's, that's well, not I, I've spent a lot of time with her in, in Berlin, and we've you know, we're really cool, oh, yes. good friends. And one time, I think we were having a tea or a beer or a coffee or whatever we were doing, and, and I asked her about how you guys met, and she said, Well, he asked me to work with him, and I said no. And then he asked me again, and I said no. And then, you know, he kept asking me, and finally I said maybe. And um, I'm just curious, like, what was it about, you know, her that, well, that got you interested to propose working together? And, and why do you think it, you guys really worked well together? I mean, I thought mm, it was yeah, amazing. Yeah. So what, yeah, what yeah, was. Uh, how is that? Yeah, well, my part of the story is uh, 
that uh, too many students uh, in my travels started to tell me, huh, that's exactly what Brigitte taught. Hmm. Huh, that's the same, very similar thing to what Brigitte Winkler uh, told me about my shoulder. Oh, hmm. that reminds me of something that, and me, you know, as an Argentine, I was like, that's impossible. Anything that comes <laughs> out of my mouth is totally unique because I'm creative. I'm unique, and you're never going to see anything like this ever again. Goodbye. <laughs> I am a superstar. You know, we have this huge ego problem. And uh, it was, it was, I was curious, you know, we're like, that cannot be. But it happened so many times and with so many students in Europe and in America that I respected. You know, there were people with a lot of experience. So then I just decided to email her, you know, and she, she never got back. And then mm. after a few months, I emailed her again, and she she didn't even answer. She went, "Who is this <laughs> wacky guy writing? Like I don't even know him." You know. So yeah, it took it took a while until she she said, "Okay, let's talk." Yeah. And it was a and like I guess it started quite easy to teach together because it 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 was pretty magical because I think the first time we taught together was in Pittsburgh. Um, I think it was in Pittsburgh because I used to go there teach twice a year. And when I went, I think I invited her or the organizer there said, like, suggest the idea. I don't remember. I don't remember the details, but we showed up, you know, like with all my partners. I show up and I see them the day before and <laughs> I perform the night after. So speaking about practice and rehearsing, right? Uh so we had an hour meeting where we say, okay, we're teaching a class on this topic. And we had to see how it went. So we actually discovered each other uh, while teaching <laughs> a class together. <laughs> we didn't have a lot of time to, to prep. It was a discovery. And we're both, uh, we were both experienced enough that we were cautious. And you're, you know, you're careful with your partner. You know this person and so on. But it was a discovery. And uh, I remember that the first thing that, really impressed me about her working with her in class was, was uh, I did one of my my stupid joke moment things that I, I create a situation that is false so people get entangled in some uh, fake conflict that I build up so I did something and she jumped on it immediately and it went she knows theater I thought she's done theater you know hmm. you, you need to have some basic experience in improv to jump on those little games that I play and mm -hmm. not uh, think that it's a real conversation happening. And there's something about gesture and looking one way and the other mirrors or, you know, or shadows the other person. And one has to kind of uh, become the, the accuser and the other is the victim. And you play a certain game and you can tell if the other person has done any theater or not. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know. And she didn't. And we're like, huh, this is going to be super fun. So <laughs> of, uh, of synchronizing with her. Oh, my God, this person. So we, yeah, we started off like very well. We both uh, was the first person teaching tango that I met that spoke a very similar language than mine. I hadn't met anybody like that, that had a, a different angles in which she will see what teaching was when you were asking me what teaching is or learning. Mm -hmm. it, it was not the classic, well, I actually disagree. The pivot is initiated by the second toe. 
Hmm. You know, well, yes, sure, you can say that. I'm going to take over the knee part, and you take the toe part, and then uh, we show a step. That's the classic experience that I had before. And with her, it was a different different conversation. So that's, mm-hmm. that's my recollection of starting working with her. When I once, I remember she said the cutest, that a very Tomas thing to say to me when we were teaching together in Berlin once a long time ago when I was still, you know, working on on figuring out what the fuck I'm doing. And uh, I said to everyone after a couple, you know, I would go there for months on end. And at one time we were teaching a class and I said, you know, Brigitte, your, your students don't collect when they pivot. They don't, you mm-hmm. know, they don't, they don't have any technique. And she, she, she came over to me in her sweet way and she patted me on the shoulder and she said, well, Adam, that's why you're here. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! And I, so and I felt so insulted, and yet, like, I was learning something really important all at the same oh, time. I was like, oh my god. "Yeah, oh, I've, god. I've obviously got nothing to offer right now, except oh for god. like, collect your feet." Okay, I get it. Rita. Like, I, I've got a long way to go. Okay, <laughs> everybody, stop right now! I have something really important to say. These are all people, by the way. You know, I've been dancing for like. 10 to 15, yeah. 20 years. They're Berliners. They've been dancing a long yeah. time. They don't give a fuck about collection. <laughs> oh, well, Adam, that's that's why you're here. <laughs> I just noticed something. Everybody here. You're not putting your feet together. <laughs> oh, oh, I love hilarious. it. So when did you guys, um, and how was the process of, like, you guys started doing teacher trainings with oh, was the process? Tango? Wow. Like, um, I don't remember. I forget what you called that. And, and what was, uh, was the point to like get people to stop telling people to collect? Yeah, probably. <laughs> you guys are like, you guys are like, look, we need to help these teachers. They're just teaching. We need like, this, this guy, Adam. We're making this into ballroom. Teaching. Yeah. He started telling people to put their feet together. Oops. You <laughs> wanted Adam to come, basically, but he never did. <laughs> like, uh, they're turning tango into ballroom. How do we help them? Um. I don't remember, Chico, when we started doing uh, that. Probably started with uh, somebody in some town asking, would you do a class for the teachers? Mm. So we started and did a class and people might have said, oh, it was super helpful. And of course, when we did a class for the teachers, we didn't teach a step. We sat them down and, I don't know, did something wacky with them. And uh, that's what that's, that's when we started and it had this first form in San Luis. Then we had a a session and we we talked to, to many of the teachers to see how this could be done or not and yeah it might have started by accident but i don't remember exactly how it started and you guys did like a whole weekend or like longer how did that go like you had some retreats after like i recall we done yes we did some uh, like special tracks so you will do something on a weekend workshop there was a track for teachers so you would do in the festivals we started offering like teacher training class or so two hour on sunday morning wherever so to insert some teacher training within the festivals and then uh, we created something that was called tango body so we did a whole week event in hawaii Oh yeah, that's what I remember. Yeah. Yeah, she yeah. was. She's. She loves she's going to Hawaii. She's big on Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she loves Hawaii. Yeah, and and Who she wouldn't? invited me there. Yeah, she invited me there. She took me there. So we thought about creating a whole event around a double festival, a double track, 
So there were people going there for the event just to to the festival, just a group class uh, and the milongas, and there were teachers training at the same time. So we were there working over 12 hours a day. Wow. like teacher training the teachers in the morning then in the afternoon the regular students will come so the teacher trainers would help us teach and have different roles Mm. and in the evening during the milonga we would give personal feedback to each teacher about the task we have uh, given them during the Mm. class so it was insane was it was very very amazing yeah yeah, Yeah, that's amazing a lot of yeah, you got to be open and thinking and aware and like all day, yeah, all day from morning yeah, like, to uh, night. Diagnosing and, and yeah. yeah. And what a what a treat to like go home to teach with like after such an experience. Mm-hmm. It was and, super fun. It was super interesting. Yeah. So and I work, find, you know. yeah. yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to cut off. Like I find, like I get so energized when I teach. Now. How are you holding up during yeah. this time? Like, uh, are you changing? Like, uh, we're echoing. Candy. Hi. Sorry, we're gonna hang up on you guys. Uh, something's wrong with that line. Maybe you don't have earbuds. I'm not sure. Yeah. Please call us back. Uh, we'll try it again. Uh, continue, Chico, with your. I, I was just wondering, like, if you started teaching in Montreal or, like, you're dying to get back to teaching, to, like, do you miss that? Um, like, do you miss it, basically? Yeah, I have uh, I have stopped. When the pandemic started, I was in Buenos Aires teaching an intensive and practicing with Luciana there. And I flew back, and I haven't taught since. I haven't taught any one class since. I'm working on a different project in the meantime. Uh, here, the you probably talked to Carol, right? The studios are closed, so you cannot. Yeah, yeah. Unless you're teaching a couple that live in the same room, but not right now. Now we went back to lockdown, so I haven't taught a class uh, since then. Yeah. Yeah, Carol's been joining us on and off, and she was a guest back in July, I think, or late June, yeah. a long time ago. So I want to, before we let you go, I want to tell my another funny story that we shared, um, and I and I want you to, t- I want to tell you this because I think you're going to be proud of me. <laughs> a long time ago, like 14 years ago, I got my first DJ gig in in Toronto, my first road gig in Toronto. Mm-hmm. And I think, obviously, I already knew you. We must have worked together because you were already busting my balls. And I go, and I'm at a practica, and Cecilia Gonzalez is there. And she's sitting at the bar, and she's chatting with somebody, and she will not stop talking. She's in this conversation, and she is, like, honed in. And I learned, you know, many years later that this is what women do when they don't want to fucking look at another guy (laughs) trying to compensate on them, right? So I'm sitting there like trying to get her attention, my little 22-year-old self probably like bopping up and down. And you come over, hey, Adam, how's it, how you doing? How's it going? I'm like, oh, well, you know, this, this, you know, this, I didn't know you knew her. I'm like, oh, I know this woman over there. I, I, I want to, she's the teacher, you know, I want to, I want to dance with her. She won't look at me. And you're like, oh, really? And right when you said that, she looked over and you looked at her and you both nodded and you both and you looked at me with this fucking smile. <laughs> you walk on the dance floor and you walk on the dance floor and I was just like, you motherfucker. Like, okay, 
Yeah, obviously too, Adam. You're so traumatized. I know you're so so. But I'm going to tell you something. Last year, or well, not last year, but the year before, where Chico and I are teaching in Philadelphia, and Cecilia's there with. Uh, she's working with a guy from DC named Jake Spatz, and I haven't seen her since this Toronto because she never comes to the U.S. and I don't orbit in her circles. We Chico and I perform. And after the performance, it might have been the next night, I forget. We're all sitting at the teacher's table, of course. And she won't stop looking at me. And I'm thinking, maybe I should ignore her. But then I thought, no, that was Tomas who was the asshole. Uh -oh. oh, Chico, that's you now. Sorry, guys. Don't talk. <laughs> okay, solve the problem. So, Sorry. So uh, we danced. And I told her that story. And she... Just said she just was like, oh yeah, that's Tomas. <laughs> <laughs> but it took better? me it took me about yeah, that's much better. Thank you. It took cool. me it took me fourteen years to get that tanda in, and I and I oh, felt no, like it was well nothing, earned. That's nothing. And uh, that's Greg and Candy sharp. just joined us to call in and say hi to Tomas. Hi Tomas. Hello. Hey guys. Hi. How are you guys? Greg, you're the one that called. You talk. I called. I just wanted to ask. Um, I know years ago, Tomas was doing more of a, uh, like a mentoring for teachers program. Mm -hmm. I remember you were doing it with the couple from Helena when we were at the Tango workshop, the teachers workshop in Minnesota. Are you still doing something along those lines? Not right now. Things have changed a lot since March, so I'm not doing any of that uh, right now, I was doing the Tango Learning Training. Yes, it was a three-module uh, learning weekend. That's I did that in in Isula. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. No, now I'm not doing any of that. I'm I'm waiting to see where this is going. But you would probably do it again. You would get back to it when the opportunity comes back. I'm it will be it will be amazing, but I'm really observing the situation like everybody else. Yeah, yeah, like for hoping sure. for the best like everybody else. Well Greg I mean, here I think we know, you know. Yeah. Greg Greg, did you get your second dose yet? Uh in six days. Congratulations. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. I got the Moderna, so it's twenty eight days from the First to the second. I see. Yeah. Well, congratulations. Oh, is that Greg? I know who you are, ah, Greg. Nice. Yeah, that's why, they're, that's why they're calling. They're calling to say hi. Oh, because I so, thought it was some, some other Greg. They're no. Greg. Oh, that fucking Greg. It, yeah, we fucked that guy. Uh, there is no other I Greg with a candy van. next to him. Greg, true. I saw there, your new van. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, my God. That's my That's our, dream. That is our tango <laughs> mobile is what that is. Once everything starts up again, that's that's what we're going to be traveling in and staying yeah. in. So amazing. I love the truck. Yeah. <laughs> we love yeah. It. We've actually scoped out where we could park it in Cleveland for. You could park summer. it right outside of the bowling alley on the street. I mean, you wouldn't have a lot of privacy, but. Um... <laughs> We'd have as much privacy as we had would have. Otherwise, if we parked it somewhere else, I mean, it's pretty self-contained. 
So. Uh, I guess so. Yeah. I mean, all those side streets. Yeah. Yeah. You just have to bring your own water and, and things like that. But I can yeah. also recommend places in Cleveland for you guys to do like, okay. a, like a legit campsite, you know, kind of. Thing. No, we'll just wander right outside the door and like walk to our van and climb inside and just fall asleep in it. That's what we'll do. We'll stay up I'll all I'll bring like, you all some water. Ah. Yeah. I'll bring you some <laughs> no, water. No, no, no. It has a water tank in it. It has a. Nice. Well, I know, but you, you, you have to replenish it every every now and then. No, this thing's huge. It's like 24 gallons. It's huge. And it wow. has a shower and everything. It's like great. Amazing. We'll, we'll have to show it to you. Anyways, this is a tango show. Here everybody talks about really stuff like showering and, and it can get hurt and this kind of stuff. So The thing, no? the thing right. is, if you start talking <laughs> about our van, we'll never stop. So we have to stop right now. So. Hello, hello, everybody. Hello, Marcelo. And hello, you, guys. I'm assuming you are an acquaintance of Tomas, no? Yes, yes. Hola, Marcelo. ¿Cómo le va, señor? Bien. Sí, nos cruzamos por muchos lugares. Okay, okay. Of course, of course. You guys ran into each other in many, many places. Uh, well, we want to thank you, Thomas Howland, for joining us tonight and bearing with our questions and our stories yeah it was so great to catch up we, we we ran into you in buenos aires last january at uh Vision malcolm but we obviously yeah. it was loud and you were on your way out and we were on our way in and we didn't have a lot of time to catch up but but yeah glad. it's always such a pleasure good to yeah. great to catch up grateful to know you and i uh, look forward to I the future look, i look forward to more dances and performing okay. afterwards okay. too, yeah, that'll be fun. I want to leave that next one. I have to prepare and 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 and, and see what I can say. <laughs> no, that was at the start. That. You've been amazing. Once I like, we're able to move better. <laughs> okay, well, thank you. Guys. We love thank you. you. All right, man. Yes. Take care. Okay. Thank you so much. Bye. Uh, and uh, everyone else, if you want to stay on, stay on. We're uh, going to invite Jimena Fama on the show to call us in so we can, because uh, she wakes up really early. We don't want her to fall asleep before she's on the air with us. <laughs> Hello. Hello. How are you guys? My God, so much time. Quanto tiempo. I know, I know. You know what? Mm. I just came from, from Buenos Aires and I was like so surprised. Like, okay, I got my rhythm back, you know, going to bed like 1, 2 a.m. You know, like uh, still waking up in the morning early, but suddenly I just make it to the States and I'm back at my regular like 6 a.m., you know, like routine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, it's time, it's winter and all that. Yeah, no, it's, it's cold. It's all good. This is, yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, okay. we're going to change that for you tonight. Don't worry. Okay. We're here till 2 a.m. with you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be here till 6 a.m. with you. Um, well, first of all, before we continue with you, I want to introduce you to everyone else that's on the line with us right now. Greg and Candy are calling from Nebraska. And we have Marcela Gutierrez from Argentina. He calls in pretty much every week. Um, and Jimena Fama is with us, uh, an amazing musician, guitarist, singer, composer, and I'm sure you play a whole other instruments that we're going to hopefully learn about. Um, so we met sure. you through um, uh, Hofre, right? 
Yeah, around, yeah. You guys are time ago. together, I think. And yeah. then we have, we shared those two Malbec weekends at the DC and the Guggenheim. Now oh, that is just, true. Oh, my God. That was amazing. Your, 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 uh, you know, some notes about your history and everything. And I was like, you're like, Malbec Week in DC, Malbec Week in Guggenheim. And I was like, wait a minute. I was at the Malbec Week in DC and Malbec Week in Guggenheim. And then I remembered, yeah, we, we performed and you performed. And um, yeah, that was that was cool. So um, how, how have you been going through the, you know, what 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 are you doing right now during all this stuff? Like, how are you working and, and how's everything going? Oh, yeah. I mean, actually, I, I was living in Berlin and then yeah. I uh, I took a trip and uh, that was smart. Uh-oh. You're breaking up, Jimena. Okay. Hello, hello. Yeah. Okay, you're Can back. You, hear me? you were in Berlin and yeah, then... Yeah, so... Um... Gusti. <laughs> You're funny. The notes. Oh, we will. Uh -oh. Okay. Oh, can you hear me? It's kind of coming in and out. Hmm, I'm not moving. Oh, okay. no. Do you want to hang up and call us back in? Maybe that will fix the problem. Sorry about that. Um, I don't think it will fix the problem. Let me see. For <laughs> now, now you're good. Yeah. Now okay. Continuing. Just don't I'm talk sorry. about Berlin. When you say Berlin, it cuts <laughs> off. <laughs> I mean, a hotel in Miami or reception is not the best, actually. Uh, you're lucky. But, you're in Miami. Yeah, I was performing for New Year's Eve, so nice. that's that's when I came here. So I was telling you, I was I was in Berlin. <laughs> that's it. And then I took a trip to Patagonia in March, mm -hmm. and then I I went to Buenos Aires. And this whole thing started, so I decided, I mean, I was going back to Berlin, but I decided that uh, it was best to stay in Buenos Aires and stay with mom, you know, took care of mom all this time. Mm -hmm. And and then I was composing my, my album, Inspire, after my trip to Patagonia. So I just finished my album, and then I had a concert here in New Year's Eve in Miami, and I made it back to the States after after a while, actually. But yeah, happy to be here. Well, that's great. That's great. And you're, we list, just listened to your album before the show, and it's really amazing. And so you mentioned that it's inspired by Patagonia. And I'm yeah, curious. the album is called Patagonia. Mm -hmm. So I took this trip, and I don't know, I, I recommend having, making a trip to Patagonia to anybody that has a chance. You know, I know Buenos Aires is the most, the, most typical destinations for tango dancers, but like while you're there, you know, just make a trip to the south. It's really, really beautiful. The south and the north. I mean, the whole country. I really yeah. not because not because I was born there, but like <laughs> there are some really pretty areas. You know, it's so majestic, it's so unique. So I was really connecting with nature, and I think this is the right time to do so. And uh, it was an incredible experience. That's amazing. And how many other albums do you have before this one? I, I really cannot tell. <laughs> Good. Um, maybe like 10 or something. A lot. A yeah. Lot. I put, I, every year I put an album out or two. Like last year I put two out. Wow. 
Yeah, I, like maybe EPs, you know, like four songs, three songs. I think that's that's what the way it's going. Nice. And so. it's usually your compositions, right? Uh, yeah, I write all the songs. I perform all the instruments. I uh, produce it and I own the label and I own the publishing. Wow. So, Brilliant. The thing that I don't do is I write the bandoneon, but I don't play the bandoneon. <laughs> hmm. So what else do you play besides the guitar? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so I play piano. That's how I started with music. At 11, I started playing piano. So I played piano. I play percussion. I play bombo. I play. I I played the drums. I I I mean, I edit the drums. I make program the drums. I I do the strings if I have to. Um, Amazing. Base, yeah, I, I, I do it all. I mean, all the albums are done entirely by myself. So how did you start playing the piano when you were 11? Is there any other musicians in your family? No, uh, it's very, very funny story because um, I, it was Christmas in Buenos Aires and my dad bought a piano just for the house, you know, like that, like random. I don't know, like very, I don't even think it was for me. No musicians in my family. I mean, my grandmother plays play guitar, um, but like she spent she spent a lot of time in France, and then she she came to Argentina, and um, I I don't know, you know, it wasn't I I actually didn't know all that much about her, that um, the, the music side of her until until this year when I spent more time in Buenos Aires actually. Wow. And and so yeah, I was curious. Uh, by the way, it's the first time in 21 years that I spent a year in Buenos Aires. <laughs> I was like, I, I'm I'm Argentinian, like fully Argentinian again. So sorry about my accent. So <laughs> it's a you sound fantastic. <laughs> Milanesa. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's I think uh, Marcelo's password. By the way, guys, yeah. anyone looking to his <laughs> email or. Well, I'm vegan, but yeah. oh, I'm sorry. Um, anyway, Milanesa one, Milanesa two. According to the the the, the platform, I password. <laughs> or empanada every now and then. <laughs> so, so that's amazing. Piano, a, a, ahead, a piano arrives in your home, and and that sets no, your course I, I in mean, life in a way, right? Yeah, yeah. It was very funny because I started oh, cool. to, you know, I started to play play, play, play like this, like uh, nobody understood what was going on. <laughs> so I would listen something and I would just play the whole song, you know, like like that, wow. just my ear. And then wow. I was like so into it, so into it. And then I started to take some lessons and and then I That's started amazing. to take more like piano lessons, not keyboard. And then I started to take guitar lessons. Like I was going to class and then to a, to a conservatory, like a piano conservatory. And then I saw that they were teaching keyboard, like something more like casual and stuff. I was like, okay, I think I'm going to go there next time. And the teacher looked at me. So then I, after, you know, playing a few classes, keyboard, I was like, the guy started to follow me with a guitar. I was like, ah, I think I want to play that. And I was like, girl, decide something. So I ended up playing everything. <laughs> but, when you write... Your music, do you write it on the piano first? No, I use guitar. Okay. I use guitar. And live, I always use guitar also. Um, I see. Yeah, we've only yeah. seen you playing guitar live. Yeah, so. yeah. I was yeah. just curious about the writing aspect because a lot of musicians, even if the piano is not their main, yeah, they, they sit down and they you know, hit the keys to get this melody and stuff. 
Yeah, I love the drums, to be honest. Like, if you ask me, I mean, I would, I would, st- I wouldn't start composing on the drums, but um, <laughs> that would be very that would be like, a, well, actually, actually, to be I honest, with with this album, I did <laughs> because I have a bombo. I, I got a bombo, you know, so I was like doing some groups. I was studying some bombo, so I did start with <laughs> with some drums. In this case, it's funny, but like, um, I really enjoy the rhythmic part of of music. You know, mm-hmm. and 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 some, I have some conversations with different drummers or with my bass player, you know, that I play with, and 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 yeah, I I I can do that in the guitar very very yeah. easily. And I think it shows in your music actually. That yeah. <laughs> so shall we play one song from your album, and then we'll continue chatting. Which song would you like us to start with? Oh, anyone you anyone is good. Uh, I love okay. Argentina. So okay. Argentina. Okay. Sounds good. Um, Especially for an album named Patagonia. Uh, So whoever else is online, I'm going to ask that you guys mute yourselves during the song so you can move comfortably. And here we go with Argentina. Aventurera música que 
cosa de contemplar tu identidad tan única, tus aires de libertad. Libre como el viento, mi tierra querida, sabia como el tiempo, tu flora divina. Canción en mi cuerpo, belleza, alegría, puro amor que siento, querida Argentina. Libre como el viento, es mi tierra querida, sabia como el tiempo, tu flora divina. Canción en mi cuerpo, belleza, alegría. Me escucharon, les canté el coro. Qué lindo, casi me, casi me pongo a llorar. Ay, che, ¿me escucharon que les canté el coro? No, no sé, no sé si estaba muteado o no, pero bueno, el coro ahí para Gustavo que quiere que cante. So, what, ah, what's I'm, the hey, You see, I'm, I'm talking Spanish. I was like, <laughs> I was just talking Spanish. I I'm said sorry, it. I, my I, fault. No, no. I'm just saying I uh, I sang the chorus for you guys in Spanish. I don't know if you, <laughs> don't know if you heard me or not, but like no, we didn't hear you. I was like uh, singing along because Gustavo, I was I was reading Gustavo said like come on, Jimena, sing something. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Gustavo, okay, okay. He says he's escucha. Okay, genial, muy bien. I I I read him in Spanish and I was answering to him in Spanish, you know, like and I forgot I was in the American <laughs> radio station. Gustavo's a bad influence. Yes, don't respond to Gusti. He got me thrown off okay. Facebook. Oh. <laughs> you can call him Gusti if you want. Uh, <laughs> so, what are the meaning of the words? Ah, oh, it's about the, how much I love Argentina. I'm answering to to these guys. Thank you. Okay. Yes. Let me see if I post this. Yeah. Okay. So um, <laughs> it's how I feel about Argentina. I'm I I, I love Argentina. <laughs> you know, I love Buenos Aires. I love the music. I love. I really I really do. You know, and, and that's why I do what I do. <laughs> so it it talks about you know well this is more like folklore it's not mm -hmm. yeah. Tango, yeah. so it's yeah it made me feel from... like i want was at a peña <laughs> yeah, exactly exactly so it's more music from the countryside and um so it talks about the country it talks about the nature the mountains like how how all met metaphors you know compared to um Argentina and let's see how, how Argentina is of course like free as the wind um, wise as, as time 
Um, uh, yeah, and then it says, I love you, Argentina. It's beautiful. <laughs> I, can, I can share my sensation when I heard the song. It has uh, something that I, I transmitted was this wild freedom of a young nation. Like the, the idea when Jimena was singing, I had the image of a, of a horse running in a, in a field, in the, in the pampa, free, beautiful, strong, and, and young. And, 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 and that is the sensation that I shared with, with you, Jimena. I, I, oh, I have this image so of... Yeah. The image, it is not the, the freedom as a concept, philosophical freedom that we no, can no, talk for now. It, yeah. it is more about this wild freedom you can enjoy when you see an animal running in the field. And yeah. that is why. I, I imagined like endless fields as well, but I didn't imagine the horse. Hmm. Yeah, um, I well, like this thank image you myself. That's, that's exactly how I was feeling because I... I I went through these places in Patagonia and I posted some, some things on my Instagram and Facebook and and I was like, oh my God, you know, like <laughs> in the top of a mountain, I'm like, my God, you know, can we, you know, it's like, it's so pretty, so beautiful. It's so, I love nature, you know, <laughs> I, I, I just been there and, and the breeze and the colors, uh, Laguna del Desierto is this place where the cover is. It's just so, and I did it like kind of like a lot of, like an adventurous trip. So it was like two hours trekking and then eight hours on the bike going wow. down the mountain. It was insane. By the time I arrived, I was like on, on the, day, the following day, kayak on the Perito Moreno, which is like, I mean, you really, it's, you, you have the Perito Moreno de Glaciar falling like a few meters, <laughs> you know, it's like so scary. And then the wind, you really had to be on top of it because the current takes you towards that side. So it was very interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I think all my trips, my coming trips are going to be related with some sorts of adventure and, and things like that because it's like... You you just I I, I was gonna say you kill two birds in with one shot. Yeah, that right. sounded so awful. <laughs> I don't want to kill any birds. No, no, but it's... you know you just do two things at the same time. Yeah, yeah. look who else joined us. Gusti, hola. Gusti. Hi. How are you? <laughs> now the world know you as a Gusti. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. I just I just wanted to know if I'm still alive. <laughs> you are still alive. <laughs> I, I am. I am. I am. Are you Gustavo? Are you Gustavo? Oh, nice yes. meeting you. Nice meeting you. Mucho gusto, Gustavo. Gracias por comunicarte. I love, I love the, your song, and I wrote the song for Adam. Hi, <laughs> <Here> we go. <laughs> please, please let us know. Sing for yeah. us. Yeah, I want to sing only the first stanza because I, I don't want to take too much time yeah, from you. I have two stanzas. Yeah, yes. I need, I need a G. Wait. Uh, okay. I, <laughs> yes. Oh. Amanda, was that a good G? One, two, three. Uh. Oh, Adam, please believe me. Your Facebook comments really suck. Believe me when I tell you, Mark is gonna close your account. <laughs> 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 
You should have done the boo. <laughs> no, that's a good one. Yeah, it's very good. Woo! Good speed. That's how for tonight. Thank Thanks. you, thank you. That's a Thanks. sneak peek from uh, your latest track on that your new album. That was definitely not inspired by Patagonia. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, I, le I, leave you, I leave you alone. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for calling in and sharing your joy and uh, getting me kicked off Facebook for one day. <laughs> <laughs> it's not my fault. It's not my fault. No, it's not, it's not your fault at all. It's... My no. fault, but it's you funny. Know, I directed I directed my anger towards you. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, it was funny. <laughs> okay. so I made this stupid joke, and he, his Facebook no. account was closed for twenty four hours. Wow! No, yeah. I get it. I was like, "What? What happened?" Oh, yeah. Sorry, sorry, Jimena. No, 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 uh, no. I made a joke. What happened? I made a joke towards Gustavo, and then I was locked out. But it also wow. was happening, you know, around the time when our president just got banished from Facebook and all these other social media platforms. Uh, so it was just, I felt very presidential. <laughs> <laughs> Good words. Okay, bye bye, everybody. Bye, bye, Christine. Bye, ciao. Bye bye. I love that we call him Christine. I know, me too. <laughs> It's like an ice cream brand. <laughs> yeah, I'm totally. Trying to hang, I'm trying to hang up on him, and it's not working. Marcel, you need his <laughs> oh. Marcelo, Something that... We can hang up on Marcelo. Yeah, what the hell? Something that Jimena was saying, guys, I, I, I totally agree with her. If you have the... T when everything comes back to the day to, to normal, if you can travel to Patagonia and watch the Perito Moreno, it's breathtaking. Mm -hmm. It's breathtaking. Yeah. It, it is a ice, it's a mountain of ice going down the river, like a river, yeah. but mm -hmm. comes suddenly. And it's an amazing view. It's magical. It's one of the wonders of the world. So Every yeah, time. So. It has I a dimension Argentina. of Buenos Aires. Did you oh, know, guys? Huh? No, it, it's, Pardon like, me? Go ahead, go it's, ahead. it's like five Buenos Aires. The dimension, it's like huge. I mean, you see it yeah. falling and it's like, you think it's going to, like, come on, you know, like if you spend 15 minutes, you see like, like maybe like uh, three or five times, like uh, you just see a, a huge block of ice falling down and you're like okay how this is gonna last you tomorrow it's gone and then it's just so so big it's oh, huge wow. now every time i get to buenos aires after an 11 hour flight people are like oh you should go to patagonia and i'm like okay how long does it take to get there like 12 hours i'm like um <laughs> just no, got off a 12 hour you, you flight fly. no i mean no well you've Take the bus. Uh, you take, you take two uh, hours. Yeah, driving is 12 hours, but the by yeah, plane yeah. is four, no, right? Four. I think it's two, two hours, two hours and a half, I think it was. No? Yeah. I would have to if make a special trip. Hour driving, it's about not longer than a two-hour flight, probably. We just, I, I we just it... need to make a plan. We always are like, we should definitely get outside of Buenos Aires. I know. What just... I'm saying is like, we yeah. usually plan like three weeks to go to Argentina yeah, and then time runs out so fast. We need to make more time. We, yeah, we need to go. Okay. Time. Next time that you guys come, let's or, let me or help you with organize and we go to Patagonia one week and, and then we come back. It's awesome. We need to, and then okay. we take you there. 
I yeah. want to. What I want to do is go to Argentina for like a month or two, and not even go to Buenos Aires, or go for like well, a couple uh, days. But but I like want to really go to Buenos Aires country. at the end. Let's go yeah. to the country right away, so that it's, we don't get sucked uh, into Buenos it's Aires. Such a beautiful place, from what I hear. No, it's amazing. I like, like, like Jimmy was saying. I think that you will fall in love because. I think that South America, I, I would love to see Argentina because it's not, I'm biased, right? But anyway, the point is that this has this wild freedom and, and, and so beautiful. And there is places that are breathtaking, the, the north and the south and the sea with the wilds and the penguins is awesome too. Penguins? Yeah, oh well, God. yeah, further down south, yes, Ushuaia. Um, Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very interesting. The north, the north is very cool. Yeah. Also, um, the people are so nice. I mean, it's different the north and the south. The the, the, the humans, <laughs> the human beings. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think it's I, so. Yeah, I think like in New York so you're too. Saying, like, Emena, Emena, you're saying that Argentines get nicer the further south you go. <laughs> no, 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 no. The north is very, very, very nice. North, okay. it's like it's very like um i think in the south i was the only argentinian there's a lot of europeans a lot of germans mm -hmm. there's some even signs of there's there was a huge colony that just stayed there and and the north is very different the north is more um natives you know it's still have a lot of indians or you know living there which they don't um, enjoy tourism so much they kind of high more Reserve, uh, mm. Jujuy, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's my next trip. I mean, Cordoba, Cordoba, it's amazing. It's not so far. You Cordoba, you can have a great time. Um, a flight, I don't know how long is a flight from Buenos Aires. Cordoba has to be like Cordoba. No, I'm sure that's super hour. short. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I would love to trek, you know, I would love to do road trips around yeah. Argentina, you know. That yeah, it's big. You need time. It's it's big. Yeah. It's a big country. Yeah. Absolutely, but I would love it. I would love it. I mean, I've done a few around the United States, which is also large, well, and it's... I'm gonna get my license. <laughs> you don't need a license <laughs> and there, I'll man. Practice in Argentina. <laughs> you don't need a license there. In Argentina, no, you don't need anything. Exactly. <laughs> well, I drove in Turkey, so that's like training for Argentina. By the way, oh. she goes taking uh, her driving test soon, and she got the driving manual. And I took oh. the class today. I took the quiz Test today quiz. online. He failed miserably. And I failed it miserably a oh. hundred times. And I've been driving for 25 years. years. <laughs> and I was like hard questions. And she's she like, didn't you know that if you drive on the shoulder of the road, you're going to get seven points or four, four points. points or whatever? <laughs> so, but no, it's so funny. It's the most boring book that you can ever read so now that i've read it and i'm like doing a practice exam every day because i don't want to forget the information because i can't yeah. take the exam in less than a month because they are doing it by appointment and they won't let me anyway so when adam is parking today i'm like you know you need to be six inches off the curve like i'm so like, technical now about everything he's doing <laughs> driving nuts all day well, on that note, let's listen to a, another Patagonia song called Patagonia. Are we okay with that, Pamela? Sure, of course, yeah. Patagonia.
guys, I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, Podbean is just telling us they're gonna close the show down in two minutes. They used to give us three hours, and now they're giving us two hours. So we have to stop now. Um, <laughs> uh, let's. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Okay, well, you guys, well, you, you can tell where they can listen to my album. Yes. It's available in Spotify, in Apple Music, in Amazon, under Electro Dab Tango. You can find Patagonia under Electro Dab Tango. And I also posted it on the with the event, but I will post it under the event as well. And I will write to Podbean and complain about this because that's crazy so yes. i'm so no sorry everybody yes thank you Jimena, for taking the time to be with us thank you marcelo and it, the audience now you have to purchase the album to <laughs> the rest of the album and the rest of this amazing song it's yep. beautiful Jimena. thank you so much thank you so much for having me guys thank and you spend some time with you, with you sorry, sorry about that thank you Thank you. Bye. Sorry. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye.